welcome to SDG, a podcast about the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. 17 goals adopted by the United Nations General Assembly on 25 September 2015. All 193 member states unanimously committed to implement the plan to achieve the 17 Sustainable Development Goals and the 169 targets undergirding them over the next 15 years. The global goals encompass a determination of ending poverty and hunger, ensuring humans live in dignity and equality in healthy environments. Also, the goals protect the planet from degradation through sustainable consumption and production, as well as urgent action on climate change, supporting the needs of present and future generations. The goals also foster peaceful, just and inclusive societies, living prosperously, requiring from the globe a revitalised partnership. I'm your host, Dominic Billings, and in this episode, we're joined by Annie Woolard of Footsteps on the Globe. Annie's work, though interlinked with all the goals, hues most closely with goal number four, quality education. Specifically under goal number four, target 4.7, which is, by 2030, ensure that all learners acquire the knowledge and skills needed to promote sustainable development, including, among others, through education for sustainable development and sustainable lifestyles, human rights, gender equality, promotion of a culture of peace and non-violence, global citizenship and appreciation of cultural diversity and of culture's contribution to sustainable development. Annie's consultancy, Footprints on the Globe, collaborates with schools, educators and corporations to inspire all to educate, explore and act for global change. Via professional development, Footprints on the Globe ensures global education is at the forefront of schools around the globe and in its advisory capacity designs and creates innovative educational resources. Footprints on the Globe is a specialist educational consultancy with a focus on embedding education into the classroom and schools. You can find out more about Footprints on the Globe via its website at footprintsontheglobe.com.au and everything we've discussed today will be available in the show notes, including a transcription of our chat. Let's hear from Annie now. Thank you very much for joining us, Annie. Um, I just wanted to say, first off, um, I was really quite inspired by, in researching um, in Footsteps on the Globe, uh, in some ways I think it can feel like with the, um, the SDGs that only a very small um, part of the population kind of is familiar with them which can be discouraging at times because it seems like they're really important. But yeah, I was very inspired by, um, by looking through your website and everything you've done because uh, you have really advocated for it so broadly in the, um, through your educational efforts, but you've also brought together um, lots of resources that I didn't even know existed from, um, from the UN and, and all the other sort of um, organizations um, you've been collaborating with to, um, to also advocate for the SDGs. I was curious what led you to start Footprints on the Globe in the first place, Annie? Um, well, thanks for having me, uh, Dom. Looking forward to our chat. So um, my sort of background in a snapshot is a educator, a primary school educator, and I've been in and out of the classroom over the years and depending on where the family were up to with young children and consulted and wrote resources, then went back into the classroom uh, six years ago. And uh, two years ago, I discovered the um, global goals. It was probably three three years ago, if we're counting now. 
And then my whole lens of teaching just transformed. I was right into gifted and talented education and then I met the global goals and I just thought this is where I'm meant to be. And from that day on, my classroom became the global classroom and everything we did had a focus on the global goals and they were up in the in the classroom and the children were really involved in them. These were upper school primary children, so 11 and 12 year olds. And much as I love my own little group, my own little class and the journey that you go on with the class for the year, I still thought, "Mm, I can do more. So I took the big leap of faith and resigned. Some say it might have been a bit mad, but anyway, you've got to have a challenge and resigned and started and launched Footprints on the Globe um, with the main aim of spreading the words about the global goals or the SDGs, whichever one you want to call them. And uh, then along that journey, in the early stages of the journey, I applied and was accepted to become a Teach Sustainable Development Goals Ambassador. And I just thought, right, this is it. This is the launch pad. And off I went. And so the business revolves around um, writing content that is through the SDG lens or presenting to schools and businesses as to how they can embed or incorporate the global goals into their daily lives and how easy it is and it's not an added thing. So that's it there in a very, very uh, short snapshot. Do you remember what it was specifically about the SDGs that kind of acted as a catalyst for you at the time to, I don't know, spur you into kind of being so inspired to, to take that journey that you went on? Yeah, I was at um, a professional development day and it was actually a corporate one and uh, the guy who was running it said, uh, does anyone know about the global goals? So this was 2016, so yeah, four years ago and I'd never heard of them and only about a handful of people put their hands up and he said, wow, he said, you've got to get onto those. So I went home and I just searched them and just fell in love with them because I think the beautiful thing about goals is they're something that we are all aiming for and they're full of positivity and hope because especially now in this scenario we're all hoping for a better world and I just strongly believe they are a true global curriculum doesn't matter which country which state where you are in the world they are something that we can all follow and they inspire you to take action. And I think that's that's the trigger point too, that rather than just going, oh yes, that's someone else's problem over there, it's inspiring people no matter what age or where you work, not just for schools, to take action and just every little step um, works towards achieving the goals. Mm. I know, um, is it fair to say that Footprints on the Globe um, came from that that sentiment of little steps is that is that fair to yes. say from yeah. yes <clears throat> I came across that and I love walking along the beach and that's sort of my thinking time and and I just thought that's it you know it's little steps it's um not thinking that everything's so huge because some of the goals are enormous and I do get that a lot that people will say to me how can a 10 year old child work towards world poverty no global goal number one no poverty um And I think it has to be that. It has to be little steps, little steps. And if we all took little steps together, then it starts making making action and um, making change. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the crucial thing, that there is 
a goal there for everybody. They are just such a beautiful collection of, of goals, 17 goals and 169 targets. And there's something there for everyone, no matter what you're interested in. If you're interested in oceans and, and life below water, that's global goal number 15. If you're interested in education, that's global goal number four. And there's something there for everyone and um, to be inspired to follow them and take action. I'm curious, um, quite recently actually, I've sort of, um, I felt a little bit overwhelmed um, just in generally as it relates to both the SDGs and just in life in general that it's often goals. I'm probably not great at, um, at breaking down goals into smaller steps. And as you mentioned there, like the um, those 17 goals are broken down to 160, was it 169 targets, is it? Yep. Yep. Um, would you have said that was a, uh, a principle that you'd kind of carried through life up to that point, The um, about breaking down huge tasks into something more manageable from your education background? Um, probably. I didn't think of it sort of as um, uh, straightforward as that, but uh, that probably is the way to that I would operate and break things down when things seem too overwhelming, um, try and break them up into smaller bits. So mm -hmm. I like that correlation. I might uh, might use that one a bit more. <laughs> but um, I think for, especially for children that to realise, I mean, in where I'm from Melbourne and um, in Melbourne there are, are families struggling below the poverty line. So we don't just see global goal number one, no poverty happening in Africa, in countries on the other side of the world. It's happening right in our back door. And to be aware of that and to know that you, know, you can do little things like donate to a food bank or donate to a charity or just be aware. Being aware is a crucial thing as well. And we are trying to create global citizens and our children of the future, whether they're 5, 15 or you know, university students, are going to be the uh, citizens of the world and they're a true global citizen make sure that they are treating everybody with respect and they follow a belief that people can bring change. Mm. I'm curious. Uh, I know you mentioned, um, I guess you've been mentioning the importance of um, global citizenry, but also in the same breath mentioning being from Melbourne, which I find to be like an interesting city in that it's, I think it can be quite parochial but at the same time very outward looking like in the sense where um yeah i guess it's the home of lonely planet for instance but at the same time i think um it's also a place where which can be as inward looking as inward looking as it is outward looking do you know what it was um that kind of led you to take that global mindset in contrast to a more sort of um charity begins at home mindset um, I do strongly believe that charity begins at home, but I also started connecting with global educators and um, I was teaching in a private school in Melbourne and that was the epicentre of my world. And you step out of there and you say, well, that's just a, a, a large school, but a school in a suburb of Melbourne in a city in Australia and you sort of do that zooming out thing. And then connecting um, with global projects with uh, 
other educators around the world who are all working towards the global goals. And I thought every single teacher teaching in their schools thinks that that is, that is their little world and we mm. to branch out further and to show your children that you're teaching that you can branch out further and connect with classes across, across the globe is a, a wonderful thing as well. Yeah. Um, how have you felt that educators have found incorporating the SDGs into their teaching and, and into their curriculum? Well, at the moment... Um, Educators are just trying to keep their heads above water um, with the trauma of remote learning and things go smoothly and then they don't go smoothly. Um, I do find the curriculum, no matter which country you're in, is so full and there's always lots of things added into it and not many things taken out. So that is one of the questions that, and concerns that I have get, that I get asked, that how can they put another thing in? They don't have time they don't have the the space in the curriculum to put another so-called subject in but the beautiful thing about the global goals is that they just integrate beautifully they're not an they're not an add-on they're just something that sort of sits like a filter across the the top of every lesson that you do mm. um so for example if you I always ask that every every teacher that gets involved with the global goals has them on display in their room. So they're very, very visible. They're very, very um, there in their children's eye level so they can see them. And then anything that you did, if it was a literacy activity, you connect it to one of the goals. You know, what was the, the focus? What were you uh, uh, writing about? What were you reading about? Which goal could this possibly connect to? And it's amazing once you start that you just sort of see connections everywhere. Even mathematical subjects can fit into data and graphing and geography and all sorts of things. So you just have to, to find the, the true connection there. I know just from um, looking at your website, Annie, um, Footprints on the Globe seems to have somewhat of a mantra of think, feel, act. Where, um, where did that kind of emanate from for you? I think, um, uh, you know, a lot of companies have the, the inspire, educate, you know, big, big words. And I wanted to try and make it really, really simple and to have three steps of that we think so you gain an understanding of global issues. And this is also for businesses as well, not just for children, but we simplify it that we think and then we feel, which means value diversity and learn empathy and compassion. And then once you learn um, empathy and cultural diversity, then you're encouraged to take action, which is the ACT part, and uh, you're encouraged to invent, innovate and campaign for change. Mm. And so it's like a three-step thing. It's, it's not isolated. You learn, then you feel something about what's going on in the world, whether it's endangered animals, whether it's um, girls not being able to go to school, whether it's um, ocean conservation, whether it's sustainable cities. You feel something, you feel some sort of connection and then um, show how you're going to slightly help this in yeah. some shape or form. Would you have said that um, action in the past has come naturally to you? Like I think it was... Um... I think somebody once said to me that 
empathy is different from compassion and that empathy occurs inside, but compassion is acting on empathy? Would you have said action is something that's always, you've always been able to act on your beliefs, I suppose, Annie? I hope that I have been able to. I mean, I suppose we we try to walk walk the talk on um, and show that we are doing everything that we can do. And um, I mean, I always try to get involved with community um, projects and community things and and um, involved in the local climate action group where I'm living at the moment. Mm. And I think, yeah, to just be engaged is the most important thing too, to be engaged with what's happening around you. It's all very easy to, for everyone just to live in their own little little bubble. And I think the whole coronavirus has shown how we are all connected and what happens on one side of the world will domino effect to all of us and vice versa. Mm. And it's the, it's the true time to make sure that we are being aware of what's happening. Yeah. Um, and in, in an optimistic way, it, it's not doom and gloom. And I'm very conscious of that as well, especially with children that they've and living in Australia with things that have happened this year from the bushfires through to COVID and lockdown and um, especially in Melbourne and Victoria. But I think you have to be sort of looking forward to the, the sunshine on the other side. It's the first day of spring today, so that's yeah. always exciting. And knowing that you there is a way out and there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel. And, yeah. uh, and I think these global goals sort of show that way through. Yeah. You mentioned um, the Teach SDGs program. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about that um, in your role as ambassador for that organisation? Um, started by a fabulous collection of um, educators, global educators, um, and Jen Williams is, is one of the main driving forces behind that, and she's a global educator that I admire greatly. And it's... Uh, basically an advocacy for the SDGs. So to get involved with that means that you sort of you take a pledge that you're going to try and incorporate them as much as you can in your uh, classroom, school curriculum, and then to sort of spread the word about them. And the bonus as well is, and so you, you apply for it and if um, sort of doing, showing that you're doing things with the global goals in whatever field of your education expertise. But the connections with global educators, that's just been the amazing thing. And got into Twitter, which I was never on, on Twitter before, and I was sort of like, oh, I don't need another social. But that is just an amazing collaboration of, of global educators and what they're doing and sharing, sharing resources and sharing ideas and um, all working together. I suppose. Mm. And also you've been one of the facilitators on the Goals Project as well. Could you tell us yeah, a little bit there's, about Yeah, well, there's a couple of um, global projects that I get involved with and these are run by Jen Williams and Koo and Timmers and there's, uh, the Goals Project was uniting classrooms all around the world to look at the essential idea or the essential question was what type of world would you like to create? And the concept was that everyone looked at their self and then local or community, uh, national and then or global and then actually into 
looking further, looking into the universe. And with they had, so as a facilitator, I had I think I had sixteen classrooms from all around the world. There was one in India, there were a couple in, in the US, I had one in uh, Russia, one in Greece, and you sort of work with those 16 class, classrooms and work through the questions and they uploaded their project ideas of how to solve that particular question and all based on a global goal. So that was a fantastic one. The Climate Action Project is coming up in September and that's working together to um, find solutions for climate change mm. and ideas. And global education is, is an amazing force and uh, educators working together and sharing the ideas is, uh, is fabulous. Mm. I mentioned at the, um, at the start of the show how um, inspired I found uh, the resources that you'd, um, you'd gathered together in, in one place if you work any and one that um, particularly stood out to me, which I wasn't um, familiar with up to up to then, was the world's largest lesson run by um, UNICEF and UNESCO. Is it fair to say you've you've drawn on that for um for teaching resources quite a bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they are fantastic. I need to put more resources on my um, web page. That is one on my to do list. But world's largest lesson just combine. All everything that they possibly can about global goals, and it's my go-to place. Um, so well worth getting involved in that. That there's things for uh, junior school students. So they've just released a whole um, program on Explorer series, which have aimed at four to eight-year-olds, explaining what the goals are all about with characters that. Um, and lesson plans for teachers and activities for parents. And then there are resources and comics and books and videos all to do with the global goals. Everything's connected to one particular global goal. So if you don't know where to start, if you're sort of thinking it's all too big, that's a great place to just kick off with some videos, uh, beautifully done things, and it's just a central go-to. So that's my number one tip for that i really liked how you um earlier you phrased um the work that you do oh and the global goals um kind of education agenda i suppose is the global curriculum is it fair mm. to say or I'm, I'm curious whether to know would almost all individual teachers have struck quite strong feelings about um the curriculum themselves like i just think to myself when i was probably going through um primary school and probably to some degree secondary school retrospectively I would have loved to have had a curriculum that was kind of almost entirely guided by something like um, I don't know being, being a global citizen um, is it fair to say quite a lot of teachers would have strong feelings about the curriculum in general or absolutely um uh, they still have their hands tied by which curriculum they're going to follow. So uh, the Australian curriculum or the US curriculum or the Indian curriculum, whichever country you're in, but that and it ha you have to make sure that it's not just a ticking off episode of we'll just tick these off and uh, that doesn't, doesn't happen. But um, with the global goals, that is one of my sort of catchphrases that they are the global curriculum because 
then they can be adapted to any particular country or curriculum. So if I'm writing content or writing resources for a particular um, subject or a particular company that want uh, educator resources, I don't try and put Australian curriculum in them because if you want them to be truly global, you want educators from Canada to pick them up and then they can match them to their own curriculum. So you want educators from all around the world to say, I want these resources because they're connected to the global goals and then I'll figure out how they're going to connect to my own curriculum, whichever yeah. country I'm in. Would you, is your ideal for Footsteps on the Globe as an organisation to operate internationally? Like if, if you could if you could get um, people to take up the workshops and, um, and professional development to, to do so? Oh, that, that would be uh, wonderful. I've done uh, a couple of uh, international things. My uh, Two weeks ago, through my uh, connections with Ku and Tim, as I taught in Tanzania, which was pretty cool. Yeah. So I, we obviously did that. It was one Saturday night, my time here, and we did an introductory lesson to the global goals. Uh, so there are some, you know, international things that are happening and, uh, you know, just other, there are other global conferences that I've spoken at on virtually. And I think, um, yeah, as time goes on, uh, the word gets out. And uh, I mean, there's a lot of educators out there, but uh, I think it would be a fabulous idea. When you started the consultancy, how, how long did you say it was in 2016 that you started? No, no, no. I started uh, 2000, uh, 2019, February 2019. 2019. Did it feel like quite a brave step at the st at the time? Oh yeah, oh yeah, because um, yeah, it was an idea, and I knew that there was space for it, and I knew that there was uh, lots of interest in it. But it was still an idea, and the safe, easy option would have been to stay where I was and keep teaching and and um, and keep working along that way. And sometimes, like any small business, you question your decisions, but um, it's been fantastic. I love what I do. Um, you know, there are highs and lows in running your own small business, but it's just growing and growing, and mm. I think um, lots of potential there. Yeah. What about um, the kids? How have the kids um, taken up the, um, the materials and, and the workshops? Um, good, really, really good. Um, you know, there's... The children are amazing. They, they are fabulous that they'll try anything new. Trying to get through to all the educators that I work with, some uh, are still concerned that it's another added thing. But I'm also doing workshops and um, helping businesses as well, how they can incorporate the global goals. Because when I started, which was only 18 months ago last year, there would be people that would say to me, I've never heard of them never heard of the global goals and that to me was just staggering so i love when i you know find someone else who's another advocate for them and knows about them um because i, I that amazes me that there's so many things going on and even in your local community and i think gosh that should have a global goals sticker on it and mm. showing people that they are you know they're recycling hey that's um, number 12 that you're working towards and I'd love to have that, you know, sort of recognition of everything that people are, 
are doing. And that, that is the crucial thing, whether you're in school, whether you're in a business, there are so many things that people are already doing towards the global goals. They're just not aware of it. So once that's one of the things I do in my workshops, if I put all the goals up on you know, the white butcher paper and get people to go around and write down what they're already doing. And the list that we get just from that half an hour exercise of seeing from you know, doing food drives at Christmas to helping a charity to having a compost to having a veggie garden to um, involving themselves in a community project. You can go along and you can say, look, you're working towards nearly some, something in every one of these goals. And that gives them a great sort of, oh, okay, so it's not that hard. So mm. you sort of look at what they're already doing now and then, wow, isn't that fantastic? Rejoice in that. And then let's look forward to what we can do in the future. Mm. And there's one more um, platform I thought was quite cool in going through um, your work, which was Beluga, um, which, again, I wasn't familiar with um, before um, getting in touch with you, and also the, the Pursuit of Happiness series. Um, what was what was your background with um, getting involved with um, doing that uh, that series for Beluga? Beluga is an educational platform that is um, they call it sort of the Netflix of education, which is all these wonderful, wonderful resources that uh, companies or teachers or educators have designed and put up on their website. But the beautiful thing is everything is connect connected to a global goal. So it's not connected to the US curriculum. So you search by global goal, you search um, what age group and which goal you're interested in, and then a whole heap of resources will come up that you can then use. It's very visual too, so there's a lot of um, imagery and little clips. And um, I just had one series that I put up there called The Pursuit of Happiness. I thought it was timely, um, a resource to which to create and put up there all about children's mental health and what is happiness and what makes you happy. So while they're simple questions, they're sort of complex thinking processes that go through and, and analysing and thinking, well, what does make me happy and what can I do to, to make me happier? So that was one. I've got lots of other plans to put up there, but that was one that I put up there just recently. Yeah. Just um, just finally, Annie, and depending on your answer, it'll be an um, optimistic or a pessimistic um, ending. 18 months in, how have you found, I don't know, like basically making the SDGs um, so central to, to, to your work and, and your life and, and obviously um, as a kind of, mentioned at the top of the show it can seem sometimes like not many people would know about them and that's what's so wonderful about what you're doing have you found the whole process encouraging or discouraging or and fulfilling i've found it really really encouraging and full of promise and full of hope when um covid hit and i thought oh i might have to change direction here and I don't want to use that P word that everyone else is using but because um, uh, at that time so there were so many educational resources out there and everyone was sharing the love with free this and free that and I thought well that doesn't really help me if I'm creating content but 
no one's going to want it if everyone's you know, sharing the love with their free stuff, which is fabulous, don't get me wrong. And But then I sort of started switching more to um, businesses and they're really starting to get involved. Councils are starting to get involved with the global goals and it's like this little bubbling, simmering little pot mm. that people are seeking me out. I've had quite a few companies um, reach out through LinkedIn or via Twitter and and um, and just sort of say, oh, I'd really like to have a chat. And it all starts slowly, slowly. But I think it is full of optimism and I think it is full of hope. And there are lots and lots of things that are so exciting about um, the global goals and working together and getting businesses involved as well. It's a crucial thing that um, it's not just something for the young. It's we're trying to achieve them by 2030, which there are a lot of articles around at the moment that have we gone backwards because mm. of COVID, but I don't think so. I think goals and a wonderful optimistic things that we work towards, we strive towards. And so having these 17 global goals as a global cohort of everyone on the planet working towards is fabulous. Mm. Thank you so much for um, speaking with me today. And I really feel, um, as you said, like these are the goals that kind of the whole globe is um, directed toward and you're obviously making that um, clearer to everybody to, um, to, to kind of inevitably kind of move toward those goals. So, yeah, I feel like you're doing really amazing work in doing so. Thank you. I'd say to everyone who is slightly interested, jump on board, dip your little toe in, find some interesting things on Twitter or Instagram. Um, just search up global goals, find something that uh, resonates with you, something that you find is interesting and then dive right in. And finally, um, if educators do would like to engage um, Footprints on the Globe um, for either professional development um, sessions or workshops with students, they can do so on footprintsontheglobe.com.au and there'll be more details of, um, of Footprints on the Globe and everything we've discussed in the, um, the show notes for the, the podcast.